Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to our class, Fit for Life. My name is Pastor Nancy Cole, and if you've been to any of my classes, then you know that I depend on God to give me the material that he wants to be taught. Um, It's my job to study, so I usually have several topics that I have investigated, and then it kind of finalizes uh, in my mind, and then I know what exactly I'm supposed to say. I knew that I was supposed to teach on the Holy Spirit, but you've had a lot of good teaching on the Holy Spirit, so it's like, well, Lord, I need to pull something that's, that's different, that's new. And there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing, there was nothing. And then yesterday, and I apologize to the men in the audience or the listening, I had my nails and toes done. And it was my sweet little nail tech that talked about something that God had revealed to her that I went, that's it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's the missing piece. So thanks to my nail tech, we are fully loaded and ready to go this morning. Uh, John Wilson, our church administrator has been uh, cleaning out his house. He's brought books to the church. Um, He's brought uh, dog items, because he's had several dogs, to Israel's family, because Israel has what we call the staff emotional support puppy. He's just the sweetest dog in the world. He doesn't bark, and he loves everyone. And so every time that Israel brings him in, we're all just like, oh, my gosh. And so John has brought things for him. He's brought sports equipment for some of the young men, clothes. In fact, uh, when Pabliana and uh, Pastor Wanderson were doing their latest outreach, um, he brought in three garbage bags of uh, Lacey, his wife's clothes. Now, of course, our first question was, does Lacey know you've done this? You know, because I can only imagine. He said, yes, she cleaned out her closet. Like, okay. But one of the things that he brought in and gave to me personally, it's called Foundation Series, and it's by Derek Prince. Now, I don't know how many of you, he's home in heaven now, but I don't know how many of you are familiar with Derek Prince, but um, he has quite an emotional attachment here to this ministry. You see, back in Portland, Oregon, there were three people who gave Pastor Larry a prophetic word. And the first person that said it, Pastor had to look up and see who Derek Prince was because he was unfamiliar with his teaching. And um, it, w- it was a gentleman that was coming to speak at the church, and he turned to Pastor Larry and said, you need, you need to get in touch with uh, Derek Prince. And then the second person that came in and said it was also a prophet, uh, somebody that Pastor greatly admired, and said, you need to get in touch with Derek Prince. So at that point, and I was not working on, on the inside of the office. I was running their uh, nonprofit, Achieve Community Development Corporation. So I heard of these conversations but didn't hear them, didn't know about them. And so his assistant at that time did some research and discovered that uh, Derek Prince was living in Israel. So then when the third person said to Pastor Larry, you need to go see Derek Prince, then it's like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. So they investigated and discovered that Derek Prince um, was um, uh, dying of cancer. He had cancer on his face, and he was in Israel at the time. And uh, so they contacted his people, and they said, no, he's not seeing anyone. And the pastor said, hey, if God sent three people to tell me, then he's going to be telling Derek Prince that I'm coming. 
And so they bought tickets, and uh, Pastor flew over and met one of our good uh, Jewish friends in Israel. And I believe there were four of them, yeah, the Jewish friend too, that went into the home. And of course, they knocked on the door and they said, you know, I'm so sorry you've come all this way. No, he's not seeing anyone. He's very, very ill. And pastor said, just tell him that Pastor Larry Huck is here. And so they went into the bedroom and told him, and he said, bring him in. And they're all just like, you know, it's kind of like me when someone comes and says, I need to talk to Pastor Larry. And I go in and say, Pastor so-and-so said, yeah, bring him right in. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> you and the bib overalls, come on. Pastor's waiting for you. <laughs> um, Pastor went in, and Derek said, I've been waiting for you. And then he gave him a prophetic word. And he said, you are going to be the arrow that's in God's bow that will be shot around the world. And then he prayed. And by the way, I should back up. Before he gave the the prophetic word and the blessing, um, he had them sing just like what Pastor Larry always says, you know, you need to sing so that you can bring in the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Uh, So they sang, and then he gave a blessing. Now, the Jewish man that was with them, he was kind of the one that was driving the car and making sure that everything was okay. Um, He's not what we would call a charismatic type. He's even not what we would call an emotional type. He's kind of stoic and kind of grumpy. And all of a sudden, when Derek Prince started speaking, that Jewish man fell on his knees and started weeping, and his hands went straight up in the air. And afterwards, when they said, you know, Joseph, what, what, what was going on with you? And he said, do you not realize that what he was quoting was the blessing that's our Torah portion this week? Now, this is how close God lines everything up so that it's all perfect. Because it could have been a week before, a week after And it would not have touched that Jewish man's heart as much as understanding that that man was quoting the whole (laughs) Torah portion for that week. And it was a blessing. Well, pastor knew that that he was on holy ground, but he didn't know how holy until years later. And now looking back, we're like, dung, 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 of course, of course. But we had a a pastor on staff and I was hoping to be able to bring it, but it's very large. I'll take a picture and and bring next time. But um, there's a marble base. It's probably about um, the size of my handbag, maybe 12 by 12. And on that marble base then is a um, moon-shaped background piece and then the arrow. And um, that pastor was Pastor Tom Taylor in Portland, Oregon, and he had that made and presented to Pastor Larry. And at this time, you know, we weren't into heavy-duty Jewish roots or thinking about moving or anything. In fact, Pastor and Tiz had just remodeled their home um, they doubled the footprint, and it was everything that Tiz wanted, and the land was gorgeous, and the view was magnificent, and the kids were there, and the, I mean, everything was just perfect. Life was wonderful. And then, oh, yeah, the horses, yeah, oh, yeah, those silly, I'm, I'm not a horsewoman, I'm sorry, so, okay, moving on. So that large piece sat in Pastor Larry's office, and we would come in and, you know, kind of look at it, and kind of look at it, and kind of look at it, and then... God, through his Holy Spirit, spoke to Pastor Larry and said, move to Dallas. Pastor knew it was God because the first couple times that he really did, you know, get behind me, Satan. And God kept on him, on him. And that's when he went to Tiz. And when they tell the story that she said, let me know how it goes for you because I'm not moving. That's a true statement. I mean, she's kind of thinking this is this will pass. This too will pass (laughs) this this crazy idea. They came to Texas. They started the church. The church has never been in Dallas, Texas, 
physically what it was in Portland. In Portland, the church was huge. In Portland, you came to early service because you weren't sure you'd get into second service or maybe third service if it was that fall. The hallways were so crowded that you were squished together to get in and out of the church. When they talk about doing a pastor's conference and having 350 volunteers, they're not exaggerating. People did take their vacations during our pastor's conference in order to serve the pastors. It was huge. It was huge, and they have an, had an upstairs balcony, and when the music would get started and people would start clapping, the balcony would start jumping, and the balcony would, would bob. Now, me gone being in real estate and kind of understanding construction, the first time I saw that happen, I was like, we're going to die. This thing is going to fall apart, and then we discovered that it was built different than other churches, other buildings, that actually that balcony could be overloaded and not collapse. I know, pretty smart. It also had an acoustic design to it that allowed music to really, really penetrate our souls. And this was before I understood any of this stuff. But we had a music leader that when we had a guest speaker, she knew what key he spoke in when the anointing hit him. Now, there's a difference. Um, I I don't have an anointing unless I'm teaching a, a big class. You know, this is kind of my... I mean, I'm just the same, but there are certain people, speakers especially, that when they get up, they'll be talking in one tone, and then when they hit into a rhythm or they hit into their anointing, their pitch changes. And so this worship leader knew the pitch of this particular man of God, and all of the worship was in that key, and that opened up the heavens so that when he got up, he literally fell back on the, on the risers and said, The anointing is so thick in here. It's the heaviest anointing I have ever experienced. Now, I got to tell you, that man had been to a lot of church services, and I'm trying to figure out, how did that happen? So I went to the worship leader. It's like, okay, what were you doing? And then that's when she told me about the pitch. And I said, does Pastor Larry have a pitch? And she said, yes. So it's like, wow. So sound, sound opens up the airways in ways that we don't even understand so that the Holy Spirit can touch us, whether it be opening so that we hear a message or opening that we have salvation or opening that we have an, an anointing or a refilling, whatever. It's, it's sound and the Holy Spirit working together. Now, at this stage of our life, Don and I sometimes look back and go, can you believe the miracles that we have seen? Can you believe? It's us, us, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, And Portland, Oregon, how did we get here? (laughs) Well, like pastor says, God calls you. And when you respond and do what he tells you to do, he'll take you to the next step. We were listening to a uh, service this weekend, Don and I, um, on uh, my phone, I guess it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And he was teaching in exactly the same lines that Pastor Larry talks about, that God has so many things ready for you, but he's not going to give it to you until you're ready to receive it. And it's not that he's testing you. It's like, aha, I knew she wasn't ready. That's not it. It's like, if I give this to them, it's not going to help them. It's going to hinder them. So one step at a time. So Holy Spirit, let me read what Derek Prince had to say here. And then we'll get launched into what God gave me yesterday. Daily Guidance. The first of these ministries is described by Paul in Romans 8, 14. And I recommend that you write down these scriptures and then read them afterwards because it's, it's good. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The sons of God. Hmm. Now, what does that mean? Led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. 
It is important to see that Paul here uses a continuing present tense. As many as are being, 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 being led by the Spirit of God. He is not talking about a few isolated experiences, but about an ongoing way of life. Now, God doesn't grade on the curve. So when the Holy Spirit calls the soul of a human being to come forward and accept Jesus as their Savior, and that person responds, then their spirit is, is, put, is alive. They, they meld with God and their spirit becomes alive. And their spirit, man, then is open to hearing the messages of the Holy Spirit. For some people, that's as far as they get. The Spirit calls them. They accept Jesus as their Savior. They may attend church their whole life. They may serve as a greeter or an usher, but that's it. They're saved. There's no judgment against them. They're going to be in heaven, but that's as far as they have grown. And God knows that they're not probably ready for that next step. No judgment. No judgment. He's not mad. But that's not what anybody here this morning or listening to this podcast needs to be thinking about. The next thing then is a lot of people say, well, this is when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then that causes another huge division in the church. Probably today, the only thing that could cause as much division in the church or in any casual conversation is COVID and the vaccine, (laughs) or referred to as the jab in my household. That causes division as well. But speaking in tongues has divided the church. When... I was diagnosed with cancer, and I was getting my healing from God, and, and I was you know, plugged into him every step of the way because there were so many options, and I knew, okay, i got to figure out the right one for me so I can get my healing from God. Um, we would attend services that we normally wouldn't attend, and one of them was a uh, Benny Hinn crusade. In fact, I met John Wilson, um, oh my gosh, would it be 35, 40 years ago? Oh, 45. Oh, I'm not going to say any more numbers. A long time ago, more than yesterday. Um, John was with Benny Hinn Crusades. He worked for him right out of college. And Pastor Larry and Tiz's church in Portland was right next to the Daystar television studio. So a lot of people that came to Daystar or came into Portland for Crusades, we opened up our building and they used it for training. Well, I decided that I didn't want to just be a prayer person in, in the huge arena where the crusade was going to take place. My best friend, I always talk about Joan Porter. We decided we wanted to be testimony takers. So when the training came, we went into the gym at the church, and Joni and I are looking around wide-eyed. We'd never done anything like that before, not, not at that level. I mean, we had served in all the churches that we were raised in, but not at that level. So a gentleman is walking towards us, and... Um, John Wilson was standing way in the back of the room. And all I remember is that, wow, he is tall and he looks mad. Because if you know John, you know, he's got that forehead. So when he's really thinking, he kind of tilts his head down. And then it's like this whole upper part of his face looks dark. And I didn't know him then. Oh, my gosh, he's such a sweetheart. But I'm looking at him. I was like, okay, he must be mad. And then this man is walking towards us. And he said, uh, are you here for uh, prayer partners? Or, and I said, we're here for testimony takers. And he said, yes, upstairs. I'm thinking, well, we passed that awfully quick. So we go upstairs, and there's a whole bunch of people that are in the room. And I'm, Joni and I have been praying, and um, I'm looking around, and it's like, 
okay, that guy doesn't belong here. He was one of the ones that was supposed to be a, a testimony taker. And I was just mature enough in my walk with the Lord and the Holy Spirit to know that guy doesn't belong here. I kept my mouth shut. I'm too, I'm too new kid on the block to ever stand up. Today I would be going, pardon me, Pastor Larry, I'm going to see this guy out in the hallway. And I'd take him out, but not then. So the gentleman who was in charge of the testimony takers, he said, okay, let's bow your heads and close your eyes and pray. And I'm a rule bear. You know, Don doesn't bow his head and close his eyes. But if anybody tells me to bow my head and close my eyes, I bow my head and close my eyes. So I bowed my head and closed my eyes. And there was a prayer that was made. I didn't hear anything. And I opened my eyes and that guy was gone. And it's like, oh my gosh, this team is so sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I got chills now. That they know who belongs here and who doesn't belong here. Well, Joni and I are trying to look cool, you know, on the, on the top, but underneath, you know, we're tuck, nudging each other's knee, and, and when that guy was gone, we both grabbed hands and like, oh my gosh, what have we gotten ourselves into? And they explained to us what we needed to do and where we needed to be and how we needed to be at the Memorial Coliseum, you know, two and a half hours before the event started, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Bathroom breaks? Food? Oh my gosh, coffee? <clears throat> but there was a training, and there was a prayer and an impartation that Joni and I knew when we walked out of that room, we were different. Now, we were saved. We'd already had an indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We both spoke in tongues, but this was a different level. We got to the Colosseum. We got in our seat. We're sitting there all happy. And uh, John Wilson with the dark eyes comes in and he said, "Uh, so you attend church together? And we're like, yes, sir. And he said, okay, um, you, you come with me. It's like, no, we sit together. And he goes, no, you don't. And picked up Joni and took her away. It's like, that's my friend. That's my, my support person. Joni and I have worked together for years. He's like, you will be okay, but you need to be plugged into God. Okay. So I had my assignment, be plugged into God. I promise you, I am praying. And all of a sudden, I smell something. Now, I, I can smell the presence of God. He does it different with a lot of people, but I can smell it. So I'm praying. I'm reading my scriptures. And all of a sudden, I smell something. It's like, oh, my gosh. And I look up, and there's Benny Hinn walking on the stage. It was a wonderful crusade. I'll, I won't go any farther than that, but it was just wonderful. And so I bought all the books because we had in our bookstore. Then we had a huge bookstore. Uh, bought all the books on Benny Hinn. And my parents were good Baptists. Not tongue-talking, but saved. Amen? So I gave my mother the Benny Hinn books. I prayed over them, and it's like, should I, Lord? Should I? Because, you know, sometimes we share things that God really doesn't want us to share. And we try to cram something down someone's throat that they're not ready for yet. So I prayed, and God said, yeah. So I gave her the books, and she read them, and she just devoured them. She loved them. She was not a Baptist with limitations. She was a Baptist because that's where her friends were. You know, all of, all of her social life, all of her good prayer partners. So that's why, why they were there. So mom, so excited, took those Benny Hinn books and gave them to the church librarian. Remember, we're in a Baptist church here. The church librarian said thank you. She was unfamiliar with this particular author. And then the next Sunday when mom went to church, in a plain brown paper sack, the little librarian came up to my mom and said, I'm so sorry, pastor said we can't have these in our library. And mom said, why? She said, his theology does not match ours. And mom took the bag and called me and says, who the heck is this guy? What does she mean theology? I said, well, he kind of believes in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You know, talking in tongues, people being healed. And mom suddenly realized that 
she was in the Baptist church, but she was not of the Baptist church. <laughs> she was serving in the Baptist church. She would always send birthday cards. She would always take care of people. But she realized that there was more to life than what was being taught and what was sanctioned in that little Baptist church. So it's like, okay, how do we talk to people and explain about what the Holy Spirit is? And how do we take advantage of what God wants us to have in the way of the Holy Spirit? I kind of compare it to three things that we're pretty much familiar with. The first one is a GPS system. When Donna and I moved to Dallas, I was so thankful for GPS. And and I I don't mean to be self-centered, but I kind of feel like God created that entire universe of directions just so that I wouldn't get lost here in Dallas, Texas. I still use it. I can't figure out the the freeway systems. Don is very comfortable and he can get anywhere, anytime, but not me. I I can get to Nordstrom's and I can get to to church and back at our grocery store. I don't need the GPS for that, but anything else, my GPS. And the GPS is kind of like the Holy Spirit that calls you to salvation. And then you shoot up a prayer every once in a while when you really need it. Because you don't keep the GPS going all the time. I mean, it certainly doesn't tell you, you know, where your kitchen is and where your bathroom is. You only use the GPS when you have a real need. And some people view the Holy Spirit like that. They only get in touch with the Holy Spirit. Or they only open up to the Holy Spirit when they got a problem. Otherwise, they're just kind of going through life on automatic. No condemnation. No condemnation. Yeah, and don't go home and go, I found out what you are today. Don't, don't do one of those either. The second thing is a text message, a text message. Now I'm famous for carrying my phone with me. I, I think I aggravate half the staff, um, cause it's always with me and I text as soon as I hear something's going on, you know, I, I'm te- texting people information and so forth. Um, and text messages, um, I'm not on it all the time. It's in my handbag right now. I'm not on it, you know, at night. I mean, all the things that I do during the day, a text message is just kind of something that I use. And some people use the Holy Spirit like that. It's with them. They've got it. But it doesn't have much to do with what they're doing in life until they want to send a message or want to receive a message. And they hear from God because I get text messages. So I, I hear my text messages. So they hear from God, and their life is very successful, but that still isn't what God wants the Holy Spirit. I mean, this verse right here, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, led by the Spirit of God. So then it's like, okay, Lord, what can I use? He said, glasses. If you need glasses, you put those glasses on as soon as you get up in the morning, whether it's contacts, whatever it is. Glasses change the entire way that you see the world. And that's what I intend for my children to have. Glasses that everything from what they're going to wear, not that I care, not that they're going to get it wrong, but just that I'm going to talk to them all the time. Talk to them all the time. I want to communicate with my children. And I'm going to do that through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell them to go to church a different direction because there's an accident up there and I don't want them to get stuck. I'm going to tell them to fix something else for dinner because I know what's coming. And it doesn't mean that we are frozen unless we have our Holy Spirit glasses on telling us what to do. It means that we are in partnership and we need to be sensitive and always know when God is talking to us. I mean, think about it. You have the power of God available to you 24-7. Why would we not pick it up and use it? 
If I need glasses, is my GPS system really going to help me? Not that much. If I need glasses, are my text messages going to help me? Not that much. And I got to tell you, we are in a strange season in life. And I think the church, I think this church needs to figure out how to really open up our spirit man and be able to receive from God so that we can know what the heck is going on. I can remember hearing stories about the underground church and how those people had to pray in the morning about where the church was meeting because it was meeting in different locations. That's wearing the Holy Spirit glasses. That's living your life in such a way that God is speaking to you and you can depend on his voice. Now, if you've been a GPS person and all of a sudden you're in a glasses situation, it may be a little bit freaky for you. So my recommendation is to everybody put the Holy Spirit glasses on and get comfortable so that you can hear the Spirit of God and you know which is your voice and which is God's voice and which is a fake voice. Because Satan talks to us in our own voice. So, and I've said before, most of the battles that I face in life are in my mind. And so I have to always say, okay, does this line up with the word of God? No. Okay. I confess that as sin, Heavenly Father. Get it out. And I have to confess it as sin. Otherwise, it just doesn't go away. It just kind of sits there. It's a naughty thing to think, but it still sits there. So I confess it as sin and flush it out and replace it with the scripture. And when I catch myself thinking or speaking something that doesn't line up with the word of God, then I cancel that and I, I put the Holy Spirit back in place again. I don't always speak it out loud because in some conversations, it just doesn't seem to work. They're not ready for it. And if somebody has not had experience of wearing glasses, they've just had a GPS system to put glasses on them. It's kind of confusing. So that's why I always have to wait and say, okay, I see that. Uh, Lord, do I say something or do I pray? And don't you know, most often he says, pray just really aggravates me. I could fix so many things in the world. So it's not, I'm not to point out the gap. I'm to stand in the gap. I'm not supposed to tell somebody what they're doing wrong. I'm supposed to stand in the gap and pray. And it basically comes down to a faith issue. Do I really have faith that if I hear from God and I pray, God will move on my behalf? And he may not move on my time frame, but he's going to move on my behalf. Well, this book is full of chapters. You're going to hear several of them when I have an opportunity to teach again. But I thought that was fascinating that he would put such an emphasis on being in tune with the Holy Spirit. Today, when we leave this class, God is going to show you someone that you're to talk to. Not to have the prayer of salvation with or bop them on the head, (laughs) but to just say hi and smile so that they feel comfortable here in this church. He may show you someone that you're going to walk up to and say, can I pray with you? And I promise you, if the Holy Spirit is really giving you that unction, that person's going to turn around and say, yes, thank you. Don and I tell the story all the time of when, when I was at the clinic where I was getting my healing physically from the spiritual healing God was giving me. Um, Bless his heart. He didn't even really believe in healing. But um, God had said to him, you know, go pray for this lady. She was in treatment. She was in horrible, horrible health. I mean, she was dying. And so God had Don go pray. And um, I literally, you know, Lord, am I supposed to go? And he said, no, you stay in the car and pray for Don. Okay. So Don was getting out and and he said, are you coming? It's like, no, I'm going to stay here and pray for you. 
So I'm praying for Don, I'm praying for Don, I'm praying for Don. And when Don went in and the family was there with their mom and opened the door and the gal looked at Don, he said, God told me to come pray for your mom. And she slammed the phone book and she said, praise God, we were just trying to find a minister to come pray. And Don said, I really don't know what I'm doing. I haven't done this. Um, But he was obedient to God. And when he said yes, and when he walked into the atmosphere where someone needed something, God anointed him with the words to say and what to do. Now, I would love to say that, you know, the tumors just dropped off her body and she jumped up and yelled hallelujah, but it didn't happen that way. She ended up uh, going from there to the hospital uh, because she was too sick to even be on her own. And uh, great people of faith that we were, we went, well, Elsie's dead. (laughs) And uh, then it was about almost a year and a half later that uh, the daughter got in touch with Don and said, I'm so sorry I hadn't gotten in touch with you. And we're like, oh, yeah, probably the the funeral's already happened. And uh, she said, "Uh, Mom's not back to work yet, but uh, she's planning on going back next week. It was like, pardon me. (laughs) So, see, you don't have to have tremendous faith. All you have to have is obedience. You have to have enough stuff in you to know what to pray when you're obedient to get there. But it's not up to you to be the one that Shonda Labippi somebody into heaven or healing. Because that woman is alive today because Don heard the Holy Spirit. He obeyed the Holy Spirit, not even knowing what to do or what to say. And the Holy Spirit came, the Spirit of God came into Elsie and healed her. She had cancer in every soft tissue organ in her body. She was gagging because her body was trying to retch up the cancer that was inside of her. That's how far gone she was gone. Now, we don't give Don the glory. <laughs> it was God. And if Don had not responded, probably somebody else at that clinic God would have spoke to. Because God will perfect that which he wants done. But praise God, it was my husband. And he had that ability to pray for Elsie and realize that God had saved her, healed her, and brought her back to life again. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. For me, yesterday, I kind of started talking to my nail tech about prayer. And what she told me was that she realized that she had been praying wrong. I'm thinking... Do, 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 do. Okay, God, I'll be, what, what do you mean? She said, you know, I, I pray to God, but I bargain with him. Like bargain. See, it never would enter my mind to bargain with God. She said, yeah, I tell him that if you will help me do this, then I will do that. And she said, and then when this doesn't happen, then I don't do that. And she said, and I'm realizing that I have to put the work in. And I thought, well, isn't that exactly what? Marvin Ellison said last Sunday, you have to put the work in. (laughs) She said, I can't bargain with God. That's not my my job. I need to be obedient, but I need to be prepared. I thought, ding, 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 ding. That's the final piece. That's the final piece. We don't bargain with God. We don't say, if you do this, I'll do that. We sow seeds. We say, This is for my family, Heavenly Father. Thank you that my family is so, so saved. Nothing missing and nothing broken. This is for their salvation. This is for their anointing. This is for their their health. This is for their favor with God and man. This is for their prosperity. Those are all the things that we pray and put seeds for. But then the blooming of that thing is up to God. Amen? So today, you're only held accountable to do the things that God has released to you and shown you what to do. So I've really messed you up today because now you know. 
Now you know that you may have been a GPS Christian, and that's a wonderful thing, and you'll be home in heaven, and we celebrate that with you. Or you have been a a texting Christian, and you could have had people saved and healed, I mean, all kinds of stuff. But we're entering a season where we have got to be people who put on the glasses of God so that we see the world through God's eyes. We know who to talk to, who not to talk to. We know where to go and where not to go. We know what to eat and what not to eat. Now, the only thing that's going to cause those glasses to fog over so you can't see them is being judgmental. That's the hard part. I mean, don't you just want to slap some people sometimes? Ugh. Ugh. So you have to confess that as sin, and I'm preaching to myself right now. You have to confess that as sin and then realize people are doing the best they can with what they have to work with. So cut them some slack. And as the conversation started before that we started recording the class, not, people aren't going to do things the same way you do them. They don't make the bed the same way that you make the bed. They aren't going to dress your kids the same way that you dress your kids. They're not going to cook a meal the same way. I won't even mention about loading a dishwasher because my husband's in the room. <clears throat> but we have to cut people some grace and realize their pathway may not be our pathway. And so we have a circumcised ear to hear. We have circumcised eyes with glasses from the Holy Spirit. We cover, we cover our mouth. We put a guard on our mouth. And we say, Lord, I want to be used. Some of you are just starting a season of life. Others of us are on the declining years of life. But until we breathe our last breath, we are here for a purpose. You are hand-packed for your assignment. And your assignment may be to just be a friend to the people in the church, your church family. And your assignment may be to start a life group. Your assignment may be to teach a class at some point. We're open. Come see me. If you feel like you got a message, we're open. This is a place to get started, to see how it feels, to see what it's like when the Spirit anoints you and all of a sudden things are just flowing and ideas are coming because the anointing of God is on you. This group... And I'm speaking prophetically by the, by the Spirit of God. This group has people in this room who are going to start walking in a different anointing. You are going to start doing things that you didn't even think were possible for you to do in this life. You're going to hear from God. And not only are you going to have a circumcised ear, you're going to have the Holy Spirit glasses on to see. You are going to know who to pray for in a grocery store. God's going to lead you to work to find the gas that's the cheapest. God's going to show you exactly what you need to take, whether it be a vitamin or whether it be a food. He's going to guide and direct you and give you all the information that you need so that you can be his man, his woman of God in this season of life. We know, Heavenly Father, that you are on the move. And just like Gideon's army, Gideon would have been so much happier if he'd had a huge army that was well prepared with lots of weapons. But he had men of God who were wearing your Holy Spirit glasses and who were obeying you, Heavenly Father, and the victory came. Thank you that we are in a ministry with a man who is the arrow of God that is shot around the world. Thank you that Pastors Larry and Tiz answered the call of God and came to Texas to get connected with Daystar, to be on television every single day around the world. Thank you that we are the support people that hold up his hands when he gets tired, that pray for he and his family, that serve willingly and rejoice with the joy of the Lord is our strength. And all God's people said, amen.
God bless you. I'm excited to see what God's going to do for you guys. Come talk to me if you, if you want some information. And um, if not, I'll see you on the other side. Amen. God bless.